Hello, this is Robert Barge. Welcome to Redemption's Table, where every week we will gather around this table with a special guest to explore the most appetizing ingredient in this menu called life, redemption. I believe in redemption. I believe everybody hungers for redemption, everybody. And the truth is, redemption is all around us every day. It is a recipe that God the Creator sets before us every single moment of our lives. Unfortunately, so much emphasis is placed upon the bad, many have difficulty seeing, experiencing, and tasting the good. So I'm setting out on a journey, going table to conversation, to accentuate the reality of redemption in the lives of everyday people like you and me. A reality that, I believe, finds its ultimate expression in Jesus of Nazareth, who is the not-so-secret ingredient to the redemption we all seek. So, come hungry, join the meal, because party of redemption, your table is now ready. Well, hi friends. Welcome to the Smorgasbord. You are in for a treat today. Our special guest is none other than Bob Goff. Many of you probably already know Bob Goff. Maybe you don't. Hopefully this episode will be a good introduction. As soon as you finish listening to this, go check out Bob's podcast. It's Dream Big. I'm glad Bob's coming to the table today. You know, a lot of times we will say an individual, a person in our lives, they're like a well of inspiration. Well, Bob's not a well. Bob's a reservoir. It just pours from him. He is one of the most authentic, one of the most encouraging, one of the most affirming individuals that I know. And so I'm glad he's come to the table. This is going to be exciting. We're just two guys coming together to talk about good stuff. And Bob will be quick to tell you, and I know exactly the wellspring, the reservoir of Bob's reservoir. It's not us somebody much bigger than us. And so I'm excited for you to listen to this. Thanks for being with us. Have a seat there. We're going to get started. Here we go. Hey, Robert, let's go do this thing. Hey, Bob, how's it going? I'm doing okay. You doing okay? I am doing well. Awesome. Man, it's great to see you. Great to have you at the the table. see the sign of the cross there on your forehead. Yes, sir. And, you know, to, to talk to you, on Ash Wednesday. Come That's on. just something only God can put together. That's just yeah, way cool. No kidding. Man, I'm honored that you came to the table. Oh yeah, you bet. This is great. I feel like the party came to the <laughs> table. <laughs> I usually bring the balloons and confetti cannons. Well, I got the balloons behind me. So, oh yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm digging this. I'm yeah. looking at the, the some, I see some books I recognize and this is good stuff. I think we need more balloons everywhere and confetti cannons. Yes, sir. Awesome. Thank you for joining me here. Um, I, for those who are listening to the podcast, the, you're an author. You have your own podcast. You have your own network, Dream Big Network. Um, and uh, you're an amazing friend. I think you are the encourager that our generation needs. And I just you've been that to me, and I know that you're that to so many other people. So I'm blessed to have you in my life, Bob. Blessed to have you on the podcast. Thank you. I just think what we can all bring is just a a heightened sense of availability that we could be available to one another. We don't need to wax eloquent. Uh, Sometimes just being fully present in whatever room you're in, uh, rather than being partially present, uh, uh, partially distracted, 
to just see 100% wherever you are. Well, you seem to be that. Uh, you, I, I want to ask you, first question, how do you sustain the volume of life-giving water, the enormous flow of living water coming out of you that you pour into others? You're not a well, you're a reservoir. How do you yeah. sustain that? <laughs> Sometimes I wonder if it's living water or natural gas. Um, <laughs> one of the things that um, I try to do is uh, be super engaged and uh, not just with the things around me, but with my family. And um, But my family understands that uh, we've got this period of time. And so I want to live it uh, with a lot of intentionality. So last night we were until super late last night with uh, some friends at San Quentin where I teach a class that average length of the uh, prison term for uh, of the sentence, at least for the guy sitting uh, with me, was 107 years. Oh, <laughs> wow! So they had done more than just jaywalk. Um, but one of the things that's really beautiful it was uh, their authenticity. There's a guy that's been in there for 20 years, and he turned to the guys in the group to say, "I want to tell you something I've never told anybody. I did it." And after all of these decades of saying he didn't do it, now. This isn't so somebody can rat him out. I mean, he already got the sentence. Yeah. <laughs> Evidently, 12 people and a judge already reached that conclusion. Um, but to reach that conclusion for ourselves um, and then to find some forgiveness. Uh, the, some people in their faith expression can be really hard on themselves. Uh, sometimes it's so, they're so difficult on themselves. They don't want to admit their need for a little bit of grace. Yeah. So um, I think if I could wish one thing for people is this intentionality about the things that you do, but being super intentional about giving and receiving uh, grace and love and some forgiveness. And so there's consequences to some of the things that he did. But one of the consequences isn't that he needs to live in isolation. You balance spontaneity and intentionality very well. How do you do that? I mean, those are two, those are almost the opposite ends of the spectrum uh, because it seems like one would interfere with the other. How, how yeah, do you that's a great put those two together? I think when I was uh, younger, I used to spend a lot of time trying to find balance in my life, probably so much so that I tipped over. <laughs> so I came up with some new uh, rules to replace the old ones. One of the new rules the last, I bet it's been eight years, is that I just don't make appointments with all the people that stop by where I am. What I'll do is I'll just give them the arc of where I'm going to be. So this week was uh, Mississippi and, um, and Missouri and Indiana and Dallas and Virginia uh, before we headed to San Quentin yesterday. So I told people where I was going to be. If they want to intersect that and come say hi, that, that's awesome. Um, wow. But a different way to do that would be to see, I'll see you at 10, I'll see you at 2, I'll see you at 3, I'll see you at more. And then the next question everybody's asking, uh, how about Starbucks? How about Pete's? How about Arby's? How about thing? And so sometimes this dance can spend, uh, take so much time that um, you actually spend more time planning it than doing it. Yeah. So I just decided to declare appointment bankruptcy. <laughs> so I just say, I just say to people, this is where I'm going to be. And uh, dude, I would love to hang out. I'm so super up for that. I just want to skip over all the uh, annoying part, which is 
scheduling it and rescheduling it and then saying pizza's closed today and Arby's has Ebola and it doesn't as so don't the Arby's. Like so, but whatever it is, I just don't want to have somebody read something or change something or there's traffic and um, what you started out is something really beautiful, which is can we spend some time? Ironically, as you spend all your time on the logistics, and uh, and that hasn't led to a purposeful life, I for me and probably for some of your listeners. And so, I would say to be fully present. Uh, another a new agreement that I made is that I wouldn't uh, know what I'm doing more than today, tomorrow, and the next day. Wow. Well, some folks that helped me organized our time together. Um, uh, one of the things I'm just really present. Uh, I wasn't thinking about this yesterday uh, at San Quentin, and I'm not thinking about what I'm doing tomorrow. It's just me and you right now. This is the whole world. And there's something really beautiful about that. If we could uh, find that kind of presence and surround it with a lot of intentionality, then you'll find your conversations are a little bit more focused. Right before you called, because my phone number is in the back of two million books, a woman called and, uh, and I said, hello, it's Bob here. And she said, is this really Bob? And I know it was her first call, but this is my 50th call today. And so that isn't the most inspiring way to start a conversation. I didn't want to make her feel small. So I just said, yeah, this is really Bob. Hey, what can I do for you? And she said, well, I don't really know what I want to ask you. And so in the bubble, I'm thinking, then why did you call? But that would make her feel really small. So I keep things inside this bubble over my head. And some people that are bad with people let things leak out of the bubble. And, mm -hmm. um, and so another, not a tip, but uh, something I'm super intentional about. But I told her, uh, the more clarity that you have in the questions that you ask, the more clarity you'll have in the steps that you take. Yeah. So if we could ask more clear questions about well, you know, what is that we're angling to know, just like you've done, uh, then it'll actually give more clarity for our next steps. If we're just kind of generally, wow, I'm on the phone, or you don't know why uh, you're talking. If you're just, you can be clear in saying, I just wanted to say hi. Yeah. They'll be like, awesome, hi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But if somebody says, you know, I'm looking for a kidney donor, it's just a different conversation. But I would say be clear. And it comes from my, some of my faith uh, expresses itself in knowing scripture around that. It's not scripture isn't for everybody and faith isn't for everybody, but it is for me. And in Colossians 4, it said this, that my goal is to describe the mystery of the gospel of Christ and to do it with clarity. And I just want, this is what we talked to the prisoners at St. Quentin about, being clear to the parole board, being clear to your roommate who's weighs 270 and you share a really small space with, uh, just being clear with people. And I think that actually comes with a little bit of practice. Yeah. Like we've been talking about before, you carve this new groove, then you want to go, uh, go Grand Canyon on it. Yeah, that was one of my favorite things you said at, the dream big conference that I was at with you back in uh, October in Atlanta. Uh, it was really cool to be a part of that. So. One of the things that's really neat, uh, I think you're crystal clear about why you're doing this podcast, that you want to help people and grow and to think and, um, and the more clarity that you have as you're continuing to uh, touch people's lives, the more people's lives will be touched. 
But I would say even for your listeners, just ask yourself, why am I doing what I'm doing? Um, if we knew that, um, if uh, uh, what I find uh, is that when I'm feeling super insecure, I'll get super funny. Um, and the more insecure I get, the funnier I get and the faster I start talking. And so sometimes I need to pause and say like, oh, wow, why am I doing what I'm doing here? And then just say, you're actually really insecure. That's what's going on. Mm-hmm. And that just gives you that moment of clarity to say, oh, and if, if you don't understand it, you can't fix it. And as soon as you understand why you're doing what you're doing, man, that's most of the game right there. Yeah. I was listening to a few podcasts back. Uh, I'm keeping up with that. Now, I, every time I listen, I'm always smiling. Uh, somewhere in the often, sometimes just flat out laughing. Usually when I'm out walking at the track, you said this the other day, you said the hallmark of people who live lives, uh, noteworthy lives is that they literally live noteworthy, not lives. And they take notes and things happening around them. And of course I thought, you know, I've been doing that for years. You sound like you do it to the Zenith. So you said it's nothing for you to fire off a thousand emails to yourself in a given day. Yes. Um, so Crazy. What, What's fresh on Bob's mind today? I mean, what's some of the, what's, give us some fresh Bob. What, what's been going on the last few days? Well, Thank give you. me a, a couple of thoughts from uh, uh, San Quentin. We just have the uh, little bit, I'm holding my hand up here so you can see on that video, mm-hmm. some, uh, some of these markings. And what I did is, as I was talking to uh, these friends of mine that I'm not their teacher, I, you know, I'm their student. What I would do is I would write down what I'm learning from them. And I use a Sharpie and I use my hand and it's like my, the, I'm going like really old school Palm Pilot. I'm just writing it in the palm of my hand. There's a great verse in Isaiah 39 and it talks about how God has our name written in the palm of his hand. And so when I'm walking around the yard and I'm meeting guys, uh, some guys I've seen before and others I'm meeting for the first time, what I do is I just write down their names and then what I'll do today before I get real busy in some other things, I'll just start writing it down. It's Isaiah 49, 16. See, I've engraved on the palms of my hands. Your walls are ever before me. Hmm. Um, I just want to just like kind of write this stuff down. So if you're listening, I'd get a Sharpie. Now you could do a ballpoint pen ink, but if you, that'll wash off easy. I'd go Sharpie on it because it'll actually <laughs> be there for a couple of days. And then before you wash your hands, say like, uh, what do I have to learn? Why did I write that down? And that's actually, you kind of get a second opportunity to interact with some of the things that you learn. Yeah. And you get to say, what about this? The thing in uh, San Quentin is that every wire, every uh, metal buckle, every metal strap is painted red. And you think like, wow, I wonder why. And it's because they want to know if a wire or a metal strap or something is missing uh, because it just turned into a shank. Um, And so if you, it looks like just a bunch of red here and there and you don't really pay attention until you realize, oh, wow, this thing that actually had one purpose can be literally weaponized into another. And uh, so sometimes that, that makes me think about how Sometimes in our faith communities, we have one thing that was actually a really helpful purpose to hold something else, and then it turns into something that people are using against each other. And so when they see one of the uh, 
uh, red pieces is missing. They see some red paint and there's a silhouette of what used to be there and is no longer there. Uh, then they will put everybody on lockdown. Wow. And I've had uh, some actually of my ca classes canceled because it turns out that the uh, inmates had more weapons than the guards. <laughs> and, uh, and so uh, one of the things that's actually kind of a beautiful thing to do is to say, um, slow down and to say, hey, does that have any application in my life? Is there anything that I'm paying attention to? I know when these guards are trying to find a missing piece of metal in a really big place among 3,200 inmates, um, it's actually uh, hard to do. Um, and it's going to take a little bit of searching for you and me if we're trying to figure out the things that have been missing or they got weaponized in our life. It was some shame. It was a harsh word. It was somebody misunderstanding us. And to actually go through what the guards were describing uh, is how they go through a cell from top to bottom, side to side, to find every place that you could hide something, every book, every corner, every... And to, if we could spend a little bit of time, just 10 or 15 minutes of self-reflection to just say, hey, why am I doing what I'm doing? Is there some stuff that I need to actually discover about myself so that I can be the next version of me, like a new creation, like scripture talks about? Um, that would be worth all the searching that we did. So that's kind of current events for me. Okay. And that sounds right, like right out of Psalm 139, right at the end of that Psalm. Search me, O Lord, and know my heart. See if there's any yes. way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Yeah. I so. want to do the uh, San Quentin version of the Bible. You know how there's like, you know, the new American standard and King James would be like, search my cell. Oh God. <laughs> that would be awesome. One of the things that I started doing a while ago is writing the Bible. Uh, and I, I know that verse in Revelations that says you can't add or subtract a word of scripture. You get like every plague in your lap. So I've changed fonts. I've changed colors. <laughs> so there's no confusion that I'm trying to add to it. But what I want to do is I'm just annotating what I'm learning because I want my great grandkids uh, to uh, know scripture and have it guide them. And I would take a lot more interest in the Bible if my great-grandfather had written uh, you know, uh, the Bible and annotated it mm -hmm. with something that happened to him. It was a motorcycle trip. It was a time he sat on a tack. It was a time that he got you know, confused or lost or afraid or whatever. That would draw me in. You know, search my cell, oh God. You know, kids, this uh, prison called St. Quentin, it's been around for 130 years, and they have these things that go missing every once in a while and they have to search for it. And so there's something really beautiful. I wouldn't give a lot of analogies about shepherds because I actually don't know any shepherds. I wouldn't talk about the, you know, the field is ripe for the harvest because I have no fields with grains in it. I've got no, I just want to talk, nor am I going to talk about faith is like Starbucks. <laughs> you know, sometimes it's Vente and sometimes it's Grande. Um, I wouldn't go hokey, but I would go authentic. I would just say there's some times I've let people down. That's one level of intimacy. But then uh, there's another level of intimacy. It said, this is the day I let my wife down. Mm -hmm. And that is like, oh, wow, we're going there. 
And that's, I would just encourage uh, those of you that are listening to actually uh, go there, find some safe uh, place to write these things down, some safe people to talk about. They'll self-identify as safe people because they'll keep things in the bubble. (laughs) They won't say it. They won't try to fix you. They'll just receive you. And and then the crazy part is we get to be a safe place uh, by keeping it in the bubble. I know today's the Ash Wednesday, the start of Lent. Uh, as I shared with a group of people I was talking with Sunday morning, I, de- I define Lent as uh, this journey of wonderful intentionality. Um, but there's lament in Lent. And if I read you right, uh, I've read your books. I really love the ending, the last several chapters of Everybody Always, when you started talking about your uh, dealings with the Ugandan witch doctors. And those last few chapters just flat out unraveled me. Uh, but if I read you right, Bob, you leverage lament like nobody's business. Uh, what causes you to lament? Uh, you are uh, upbeat. You are affirmative. You are encouraging. But uh, what causes you to lament? And then where does lament take you? Yeah, I think uh, I, what makes me sad uh, is when people are up in everybody else's grill about um, stuff. There's just a lot of people that are, I'm just, I'm just certain they're insecure like me, but some people just seem to get uh, mean like a rattlesnake uh, when they're insecure and they're just telling everybody else what they need to do and how they've got it wrong. And um, we don't have a corner on that in the faith community, but there are an awful lot of people telling everybody else why they got it wrong. And I just read, uh, it's Matthew 5, it just talks about, you've heard it said, but now I said. You've heard it said, but now I said, over and over again. I think that's why eternity is going to last so long. It's just going to be unlearning some of these things. And I just think uh, a couple people, including me, are going to get woodshedded by Jesus about you know all the things we told everybody. We were trying to uh, help other people, you know, not get lost. And we got lost helping them not get lost. <laughs> and so that would be a great story. You could say when I got lost helping find someone else, uh, that would be like to just be more humble. Um, it just makes me, there's some mean people out there that they don't know that they suck. They just actually suck. <laughs> but you can keep that inside the thought bubble when you, when you are tempted to say the next thing out loud, which is their name. And that actually wouldn't be that helpful. Um, you could just assume and maybe have a little empathy. Oh, maybe just turn down the volume. Like just don't uh, spend time listening to that then. I know on social media, if there's somebody that's a little on edge and they uh, get on edge with me, I just block them. But what I do is before I block them, I uh, will go into their feed and I'll try to learn something from them. I make them my teacher. Mm-hmm. Uh, and once I've learned something, a new vantage point, a new way of interacting with people, I'm not going to validate that they're mean. I'm going in to understand like, wow, I just, they, I'm a pretty easy guy to get along with. And so once I make them my teacher, then I block them. It's like a going away party. Um, and I think there's something really beautiful about that. We could do this quietly and then you don't need to speak their name at all, ever. Is If you can't speak well of them, then just don't talk about them at all. There's a guy, not surprisingly, I won't give you his name, that was just kind of a pill to me 
I'm trying not to cuss. We'll just say he was a pill. And, uh, and so what I decided to do is I just wouldn't speak his name. I wouldn't say good things about him. I wouldn't say bad things about him. I just wasn't going to give him a lot of uh, headspace. Because uh, unless I was going to charge him rent, uh, he was taking up a lot of uh, footprint in my mind. And it was just the most beautiful thing to do that. So Paul was talking to his friends and he said, don't get engaged in these useless controversies about this and that. And there's a couple times in scriptures which kind of inform this uh, in First Peter that to make a defense for the hope that's within you. You can talk about your faith or your, you know why you're doing what you're doing. But uh, people sometimes stop there instead of reading all the way to the period. And it says, but to do it with kindness and respect. Yeah. And so that thing your mama taught you about, you know, if you don't have something good to say, I would just, you know, just button it up. Just say like, you don't need to, you can get authentic with how offended you were understanding that, but I wouldn't camp out there because it'll just make you a unhappy, bitter, not nice person. <laughs> so, so I'm really picky about who I give the microphone to in my life. Uh, and I'm just not going to give uh, my, the microphone to the loudest voice. I want to go to the truest voice. And that might be a really practical thing for your listeners to say, I want to hear not just people that agree with me, but people that are speaking truth into the world, even if they have a different camera angle on it than I do. Yeah. Yeah. I really like that. Not the loudest voice, but the truest voice that resonated with me. I heard you say that a few weeks ago, or I may have read you. Uh, I'm going through your devotional right now, which is really Oh, cool. we've got some uh, yeah. friends over in Afghanistan where they're pretty often these days. And uh, there's some loud voices over there. But I've got a couple of friends that are actually, and they have a different faith expression and experience than I do. And culturally, um, but they're very true voices in my life. And um, I trust them because they're doing really courageous things for their country and uh, risking a lot to do it. And, and those are the people I want to give airtime to, not somebody who's rolling their eyes about what happened to Southwest Airlines. And hey, I get it, you know, uh, airlines mess up and so do some police officers. And it's not minimizing uh, something that went wrong, but it's not obsessing about it either. Yeah. I want to yeah. find uh, some joy in the middle of that. And, and I think you're going to find what you're looking for. If you're looking for uh, some unhappiness, you, you're going to find it. It's not, it's, you're just one click away from it. Um, if you're looking for some hope, you're about one click away from that. So I'd be really picky about some of the inputs because these are the things that are going to fill your thought bubble. Now, one of my favorite quotes is by the author, John Claypool. He said, uh, God's middle name is surprise. And oh, I, nice. Really I, well said. I like that. I look for surprises every day. And then the day after I record the surprises from yesterday. Yeah, so, that's awesome. Yet uh, Jesus, they said, was only amazed twice. Once with the centurion's belief and once with the people in his hometown and their disbelief. And so uh, be maybe a little bit less amazed at things that aren't amazing because I'm prone to say, that was amazing. You know, I had this uh, ice cream and it was amazing. Actually, it wasn't amazing. It just tastes like ice cream and better than broccoli. <laughs> Don't send me letters. <laughs> Broccoli's fine too. It just ain't as good as ice cream. And, uh, and so maybe living uh, more in a constant state of wonder 
about what's going on, um, a humility. I think we can have some words like, like they pair wines to foods. You could pair words to where you are. Like wonder would go great with you. <laughs> oh, thank you. Uh, yeah. So what if we're uh, finding those words and letting people know? And then these words aren't pickup lines anymore to people. You're just saying like, wow, I'm just, there's a lot of joy that walks in the room when you enter it. And people will feel really seen and they'll know how you perceive them. And that's not just saying something nice. It's saying something accurate. Well, again, I just want to thank you for your time coming to the table today. I want to thank you for your investment in my life. I, uh, you, you wrote me, you sent me a quick little email uh, in response to, I'll just kind of let you know what's going on since Dream Big. I am uh, about a week behind on my book proposal, but it's oh. about a page away from being done to be Come sent. On. Come so, on. But you Good said relentless you. is my word, and I've kept that That's at it, the baby. forefront. And I, I appreciate, appreciate that. Appreciate you. Well, being. keep at it. And for those listening, you've got some beautiful things in front of you. Know why you're doing what you're doing. Uh, be super intentional about getting there. Keep a couple things in the thought bubble. Uh, expose yourself to really safe people. Uh, uh, this podcast is a safe place for you to come and learn. And, and then just say, I'm going to do the next smart thing. Like, I'm just going to try not to do all the steps. I'm just going to do the next step. So honored to be with you. Thanks a million. And uh, I hope this is a beautiful uh, season of Lent for you and uh, that you're learning and growing. And uh, I just think I'm just so delighted we're all in this together. Yeah. Thank you, Bob. Same back to you. And, uh, you know, can't wait for Resurrection Sunday. But we already know how the story ends. Sunday's coming. Yes, sir. Your blessing. See you, sir. Bye. Bye.